primitive. The model Indian school was in the middle of Indian Hill. It was a three-story building that faced an open plaza, and it was surrounded by these 14 miniature communities. School was in session from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and visitors could observe a kindergarten class from Pima Indian School in Arizona Territory, a seventh-grade class from Chilico Indian School in what's now Oklahoma, but was then Indian Territory, and a wide array of domestic and vocational courses. These classes and workshops were arranged along one side of a wide hallway. And on the other side were open stalls where Native Americans sold baskets, pots, and other indigenous art and handiwork. This contrast was part of the point of the model Indian school's existence. It sent a message. Without these schools, the students would grow up to be selling so-called primitive crafts from a blanket on the ground. The school also had a chapel, and that was where the students gave performances and recitations in the afternoons. As the fair wore on, this actually became a really popular attraction. The crowds got a lot too big to fit inside the chapel. So whenever the weather allowed, these performances were moved outdoors. When S.M. McCowan contacted Fred Campbell to ask Fort Shaw Indian School to participate in the model Indian school, it was up to Campbell to choose which students should attend. And for him, this was an incredibly easy decision. The basketball team was famous all across the state of Montana. They were all exemplary students, as well as being very responsible and mature. Remember, they're all traveling together all the time and seem to have no problems. Uh, So upon receiving this invitation, Campbell told them that if they continued to do so well in their academic and vocational work, and if they kept playing as well as they had been until it was time to travel to St. Louis, they would be the ones to go. This is a strategic move on Campbell's part. The team had become well-known enough in Montana that they could easily arrange games as they traveled to the state to help raise money for the trip. And as the word spread, he thought crowds would probably follow them if they, as they got farther and farther away from home. Knowing that there was a chance they would pass through towns that didn't yet have a basketball team, Campbell also expanded the size of the team's roster so that if there was no local team or if the local team didn't think it could make a respectable showing against Fort Shaw team, they'd have enough players on hand for scrimmage games. This would also let them play five-on-five exhibitions at the World's Fair if there was no team to play against there. And we're going to talk about who the players were and how they got ready after we first pause for a little sponsor break. This is Dramos, host of the new podcast, Life as a Gringo, part of iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. You may know me as a radio host or as the host of The Recap on LATV. Join me every Tuesday and Thursday on Life as a Gringo, where I tackle life from the perspective of someone who's never quite fit in culturally. Like millions of Latinos born in the States, I grew up with my authenticity being questioned because I didn't speak perfect Spanish while also feeling self-conscious because my friends back home would clown me because my house smelled a little different or my dad had an accent. Each episode will break down different facets of life from personal growth to mental health to dating and even current events that are affecting our culture. And if you're 